can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hello and welcome back to the Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now podcast with your host, me, Jackie Koch. And today we're talking all about personal development tools, how to incorporate them into your team and your culture and why it even actually matters and why you should do so. So I'm going to start out with some personal experience I have in this and my journey to why I think it's so important to incorporate it into your business and into your teams. So I'm going to start out by sharing that I'm what is often referred to as a geriatric millennial, um, kind of a terrible name, but I'm kind of proud to be a part of this, mem- this, this elite group, if I'm being honest. Um, basically it means people born between 1980 and 1985. I'm right in the middle, 1982. So I grew up without the internet. I had to go, I always joke, but it's true. Like for me to figure out where my friends were, I had to go around the neighborhood and figure out where all the bikes were, where they were parked outside to figure out where they were. Um, I joined Facebook the year it expanded from Harvard to other colleges, which is wild. And we are the only generation that really knows life and remembers life before. Well, I shouldn't say we're the only generation, but we are the last generation, I should say, that knows life before the internet and after, which is so insane. Um, and you hear all the time, all the good and the bad about millennials. And honestly, I think that us older ones are the best of both worlds. I think I got the best qualities of every generation. Um, I might be biased, but, um, super, I just find it super interesting and so relatable to this topic because, Millennials were really the first generation of workers who started to want more from their work. We typically want to work for companies and kind of started to demand it and look for it, look for companies that are doing something great in the world. And we wanted our work to matter and we wanted to really start to feel like we are working in meaningful workplaces. So getting rid of the old adage, like leave your work at work and your personal life out of work. I think there's definitely a lot of people who still believe that, but more and more and more people realize that it's impossible to do. If you really think about it, it truly is. Like we are a whole person with brains that don't compartmentalize. We can't just like shut off our thoughts and our feelings when we leave one place and go to the next, um, which there's a really interesting show on right now called Severance. I think it's on Apple TV. And it's, it's about this brain surgery that allows you to be completely different people at work. So like they put this chip in your brain and when you get to a certain part of this elevator going up to where you work, your brain flips and you actually become a totally different person and you don't know who you are 
outside of work. Like you don't remember anything about it. And then same when you leave, you don't remember anything about work. It's actually kind of messed up, but it also reminds me of what we we've been told or what I was told throughout my career, especially starting out, like you have to separate the two. And I just don't think it's a reality. And the more that we can start to help people work through and like being a whole person at all times, I think the better and, and people and generations are really starting to, to demand it. So there's a couple things I remember vividly about me, myself growing up in my career and a couple things about my first job out of college. Um, I worked there for five years. Um, I was a recruiter, shocker. Um, and it was that whole time period was like more about producing instead of learning and growing, which is really the time you should be learning and developing. Right. Um, and I had to learn a lot myself. I had a lot of, I did have some support, so I don't want to throw too much shade, but most of what I learned about recruiting and interviewing was self-taught. There wasn't training on how to be a good recruiter or how to interview, maybe a little bit. Um, there was not any training on really how to, to come up with new creative ways to find candidates. It was just like, this is what we do do it. No like development stuff. Um, back at that time, just for some context, we were literally, I was literally going on to monster.com and careerbuilder.com. Back then people would post their resumes on there if they were looking for a new job and I would cold call them. And we would also post jobs on some of these sites and also just on like local job boards and going to the com the city of commerces and people were actually still faxing in resumes. So every day I would go to the fax, get resumes off of it and decide who I was going to call for jobs, which is just so insane to me that that's how I started again, geriatric millennial. Anyways, I digress. Um, I remember when I, you know, I was out of college, what, 20, I don't know, 23, 24. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting any better. I'd been there for a while. I was like, I'm not learning anything. Like, is this just going to be what I do day in and day out for the rest of my life and not get better at anything? And I remember asking one of the VPs who I really, really respected. And I felt like I wanted to essentially like grow into his career. Right. And I remember asking him if about any books or resources that he knew of that I could learn how to become a better recruiter. And he kind of laughed at me and he said he didn't know of any and that they really didn't exist. And I remember like being like, Oh, feeling a little like, I don't know, dismissed, but also just like, oh shit, there really isn't anything. Like, I'm just going to have to figure this all out on my own. And I didn't question it. I didn't like look it up. You know, he was somebody that I really looked up to. So I didn't even like think about going to Barnes and Noble and looking if that was even a, well, I'm sure that store was around, but Amazon really wasn't a thing back then. There definitely wasn't this huge, you know, Amazon was just used books back then and you couldn't search for it the way you could now. There was no podcast, like it was so different. And so I really didn't do anything. Um, and I really didn't know what to do. So I just kind of kept going and trying new things on my own. And I've always been like a motivated person who wants to get better. So this was a little frustrating to me. Um, and so I had been contemplating going back to school and doing it for an MBA. And I was talking to another leader at the company who I really, really respected and who had been in recruiting industry for a long time about some of my goals and how I wanted to go get my MBA so I could like 
develop and grow and, and, and all of that. And I remember her saying something to the effect of, you're always just like looking for the next thing and you really just have to get comfortable and, and be fine with staying where you are for a while. It was, it was something to that effect. And it was like, I remember feeling super dismissed again. And honestly, the advice that she gave wasn't bad advice. And I probably could have listened to it a little bit more at various aspects of my life. But the way that she shared it and the context that she shared it was that it was not, I was not at a place where I was going to grow. I was going to be doing the same thing day in and day out. And so decided to go back to school and get my MBA and my MBA program was focused on lots of readings and dialogue and conversations with a lot of other professionals. And I was only, I swear, like 24 or 25 at the time. And looking back, I wish I would have waited to go back to school because I think it would have been so much more meaningful if I actually had work experience underneath my belt. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't go back. Um, but the program itself was really about it was such a different type of a program than my undergrad. We read books and we synthesized things. And I was introduced to this world of books that like were business leaders and thought leaders that I didn't even know existed. And some other tools like strengths finders assessments and Myers-Briggs, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's work and just so many other, other thought leaders that I was like really looking for. And so it was really what kind of started my, my journey to development and continued growth and, and continued learning. So as much as I joke, it's useless that I got my MBA. I actually would argue it probably set me on this path that I'm on. So maybe I should give myself a little bit more credit. So throughout that program, definitely learned a ton. I ended up landing a new job. Um, but I really started to get into personal development on my own when I started building a network marketing business. Now, people are going to have their own opinions about network marketing. I think it's an amazing vehicle. It does it did so much for my life. I can't imagine my life without it. And it was the first time that I really got introduced to this concept of personal development. You would go to these meetings and these events and you would hear from people and they would just inspire you to become a better person and better at the, the work that you needed to do to grow your business. And I was hooked. And it was like, I remember the first book I read. Um, and I like, it was the first time I believed I could actually get better at things and create a meaningful life. Um, one that I created, not one that I was just following a path down. And so I was hooked from then in and there out and became a, an entrepreneur myself, moved to Los Angeles, started working for Lululemon. And that was when my worlds collided. It was my hands down favorite company I've worked for. And it was the first time that I really saw that you could incorporate personal development tools you know, as well as business development. So working at Lululemon, it, I love the products. I will forever be a fan of their products and buy their products. They have great gear, but they have great leadership teams and business. And we incorporated personal development into how we led our people. Um, there was, and I, I guess I'm not, it's been quite a while since I've worked there, but at the time there was a thing called a practice of leadership which they developed. And it was essentially, as you grew in your career, you grew, also had to work on growing your leadership skills. 
And so there was three different levels of leadership, depending on how much influence you had on the business. And so there was, when you were not leading other people, you know, you were working in the stores as a, as an educator on the floor, you're, you really were focusing on leading yourself and that's where everybody starts, right? There's leading self. So things like your communication, how you give and take feedback, how you take personal responsibility for your life outside and inside of work, those types of things. And then as you started to lead other people, you worked into leading others. And those skills you would work on were things like, how do you see results through others? How do you influence and enroll other people to work together to accomplish a goal? You know, those types of things. And then the third one was leading organization. So how do you drive an organization towards results? Um, you know, things of that nature. And really at every, at the basis of every, everything in, in, in that practice of leadership was leading yourself. So you always had to make sure you were mastering that first pillar before you could move on to be a leader to anyone else. And it was literally like, I drank the Kool-Aid. Some people love and hate the culture there, but it was the most incredible thing for me. And so it was the first time I really got to see, like, I got to help college kids grow in ways that took me to 10 years after college to do. And it was just such a rewarding place to work. And, um, I loved it. And so I've kept a lot of that stuff in I brought a lot of that stuff with me as I've gone elsewhere. And I think in the world of startups, they automatically already kind of um, embrace this world of development and growth, which has been a little bit easier for me to transition back into corporate environments. Um, but incorporating, so I, I'm, I'm recording this podcast for you because I think it's so critical that you think about how to incorporate some of these things into your workforce, because we are going to continue to be on a path where people want to have a, a meaningful job and feel purpose in their work. And you can create it in what is the most mundane things. I literally created, we literally created personal development while people were folding yoga pants. Like you can do it in your business. And so incorporating these into your workplace doesn't have to be taboo. Um, and it is truly becoming a lot more mainstream. And so on the podcast over the next few weeks, we're talking about a lot of these things and we're even having a few experts on the show to talk about things like human design and the Enneagram and how to bring them into your business. And using these tools can really help your team understand how they work together, how each of us is unique, we have our own strengths, and how we, we can work better together to bring out the best in each other at work. And so really excited about these next few episodes coming out. But I wanted to leave you with five tips on, on some things that you can start today and how you can start to, to include some of these things into your workplace and your culture. So the first is really to cultivate self-awareness and discovery, like self-discovery across your team. So decide on a tool or an assessment that you'd like to incorporate into your team and then go through it together and share the results um, and, and, and really discuss your results um, with one another. Um, there's things like 
Clifton Strengths, which is Strengths Finders. Um, there's 16 Personalities, which is a version of a Myers Briggs assessment. There's the Enneagram, or there's Human Design, and and there are a lot of these tools that are available to do online. Or you can hire an expert to come in and facilitate the conversation, which I think is even better because it gives an expert. An expert is actually the one facilitating the conversation. So if people get defensive, it's not you as their boss trying to facilitate it. So if you do have the funds and resources to bring in an expert, I think it could be a huge team building activity. Um, And going through some of these together really just helps each person start to create individual awareness of how they show up at work. And it also creates common language for you to start to incorporate into your business around people's personalities. It also creates common language for you to bring up, like if, if they're starting to maybe lean into some of the bad aspect, like more challenging aspects, I should say, of their personality, you have something you can refer back to and be like, Hey, remember when we did this exercise and, and, you know, this is what showed up as, as maybe what happens when you're not your best self. Like you don't have to say it. That's a little wooey, but you 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 get the you get this you get the gist. Like it gives you something to anchor back to 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 bring up maybe some uncomfortable feedback, and it really just helps your team understand themselves and their coworkers better. Um, it's just like you know, the more you hang out with people who are not like you, the more you understand and accept other people. The same goes for these types of things. The more you know why someone is the way they are, the more willing you are to accept some of the challenging aspects of working with them and help create a better relationship. So cultivating self-awareness and discovery is huge. Um, The second tip would just give access to development resources. Like what if you helped cover the cost of things like a life coach or different seminars? Um, something that Lululemon did was they covered the cost of going to the landmark forum for their team. And I don't candidly, I don't recommend the landmark forum, um, for a variety of reasons, happy to take that offline, but, um, it was really a great, what it did do is it created a, the, the same language that everyone talked about. And, um, definitely helped you feel like the the company was supporting you in your personal development journey. So what different things can you provide access to? Maybe you give a dollar amount, like, Hey, we'll cover up to $500 a year for you to go to different seminars that you feel like could be super helpful to you in your development. And maybe you do $500 towards an actual like skills development, um, as well as $500 for personal development. Um, that could be a really cool thing to do. Um, and, and a way to show that you're supporting the team. Um, and, or the, the fourth tip is start a book club. Maybe all of you read the same book and then you talk about it, you know, and, and really have a conversation around it. So, um, giving time. Oh, and I guess that would be like the fifth is like, or the fourth is, scheduling it in. So if you're going to do a book club or you're going to, um, have time where you all like go through an activity together, schedule it into the work day. Don't make it be something that has to happen at five o'clock on a Friday. Cause not everyone's going to want to do that. So can you schedule in personal development time monthly? It doesn't have to be every week, but maybe once a month, you give the team three hours to go do something, um, or you do it together, or maybe quarterly you do an offsite on this stuff. Like you got to schedule it in 
and, and simply just trying to promote it and expect team members to do it outside of work doesn't always happen. They have other busy lives. So how can you help support them in doing it while they're at work? Um, and then the last tip is to regularly set personal and professional goals, support your team with personal goals too. For example, if they want to run a marathon, tell them, Hey, we'll cover the race entry for you and then support them on a training plan, buy them new shoes, like show them you want to help them develop outside of work and inside of work. Um, and by doing these things and starting to incorporate them, you're helping people show up to work more fulfilled in a more meaningful way. So I really, really feel strongly that this is stuff that you should and can easily do. It just takes a little thought and intention. And the next, like I said, the next quite a few episodes are actually on, on different ways you can start to do some of the stuff at work. So thanks so much for tuning in. And I'm really passionate about creating more meaningful workplaces, especially within small businesses, because the majority of Americans work for small businesses. So if we can create great places to work within small businesses, imagine the ripple effect it will have on our whole country and everybody who's at work. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Speaking of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.